Hi, I'm Louise Nicol, the Editor-in-Chief of Harper's Bazaar Arabia. Welcome to this week's episode of Currently Trending, the weekly podcast brought to you by Harper's Bazaar. This week, we bring you all the action from Harper's Bazaar's Be Beautiful seminar by bringing together an elite selection of the world's most in-demand beauty experts. Bazaar aims to educate and inspire our audience on the best ways to be beautiful, both inside and out. These are the people that royalty, CEOs, film stars, and supermodels trust with their looks. And this is what they have to say. In this week's episode, permanent makeup artist Dominique Bassavi explains the pitfalls and the potentially life-changing impact of world-class permanent makeup. Like the idea of waking up every morning looking like the best version of you? Dominique explains how to make it happen. So thank you so much for flying in to be with us today. Yeah, it was a long flight. (laughs) Well, we appreciate you taking it. So if we could just start, could you tell us about the history of semi-permanent makeup and what it actually is for those of us who, who don't know? It goes back actually to the time of Cleopatra. She was doing her eyes. She was tattooing her eyeliner. Ta- so tattoo, a very basic yes. tattoo, yes. essentially. Yes. At that stage, that's fascinating. These wood sticks. And with wood sticks. Wow. Wood sticks. Yes. So I suppose I probably have, and maybe it's from the 80s when it started. This perception of. Yes. So back in the 80s, it came from China. The Chinese were the, actually the one who brought it to Europe. And through the 70s to the 80s, it was really obvious. It was like a very strong kind of cartoonish look where people were tattooing their lips with black lines and doing the big wing eyeliner. and. Uh, crayony, like heavy-handed uh, eyebrow with dramatic arch and long tails. And, um, you know, over the years, it's evolved. Like, you know, like trends have changed. Yeah. And often what we see with permanent makeup is the problem when people jump into the trend and then the trend passes and the permanent makeup stays. <laughs> and that's when sometimes it creates a bit of an unnatural look and lately um, the beauty has really evolved to a natural fresh look and like the previous um, doctor was saying is I think that women now are aspiring to something a lot more natural like not having to look made up looking beautiful in a natural way is really where we are evolving today and I think it's great, you know. So is, is there a difference between permanent and semi-permanent? I don't think there is a difference. I think that once you take the commitment to go and get, you know, let's, let's be honest, it is a tattoo. You can call it uh, microblading. You can call it semi-permanent makeup. You can call it permanent makeup. It is a tattoo. And I like to joke sometimes because when you get a bad job, that's the one that will never go away sometimes. And the great job sometimes, you have to refresh it because it's done well, it's done lightly, and there is maintenance to it. But I would rather have something that I can decide to continue or stop if I if if I want so we are now moving to a different type of permanent makeup like in the industry has evolved where women now 
do microblading, a lot of the, the trend with the microblading. Yeah. It Who is here has had their eyebrows microbladed? Should we take a show of hands? Not that I have actually. <laughs> not, a, not a huge amount. Yeah, microbladed. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have thought it would have been more than that, actually. So, when you, when you decide to go and do, like, enhance your eyebrow, right, I would really suggest that it's a huge commitment. You cannot take this lightly. It's not like a makeup session or you're going to try out a haircut and then if you don't like it, you know, your hair are going to grow back or whichever. With permanent makeup, there is always going to be a residue that stays. So very important to less is more, you know, and understand that whatever shape you are going to choose, keep it simple, you know, try to look at what you have and how you can lightly enhance it to make it better than what you have, but in a very natural way. And I think that sometimes women don't understand what they are looking for. I think they are confused. There's a very fine line between wanting to look useful and wanting to look beautiful. Those, those are very different things. What's the difference? Well, the difference is if you take someone that is without any makeup, you look at them, and their eyebrows are sparse, or one is a little lower, or the tail is a little bit shorter. Youth is something that is unaltered. So when you elect to do something uh, cosmetic, you really have to look for youthful, not necessarily beautiful. If I want to do beautiful, I'll take my crayon and I'll add more glamour or more, um, more drama to my eyebrow, but that's not useful. Okay, so, so really you are an anti-aging practitioner as well in yes. what, what you do and I guess the way you assess faces. Yes, so the, my approach has always been to just give a woman the right amount of pretty in a natural way. So when she gets out of the shower, you know, she doesn't need to look like she's going to a black tie party with extremely harsh or dramatic eyebrows. So, when you approach this very carefully in a very subtle way, the face really takes on the look of youth. When you try to uh, over-exaggerate everything, most women, I would say, actually look older when they have too much makeup on. Right, yeah, that makes sense. So microblading for the eyebrows and then the other basic procedures that you would do would be eyeliner? Yes, we do eyebrow, eyeliner, Lips, yes. and we. I also uh, endeavor back in the early 90s into doing scars and stretch marks and some kind of reconstruction for breast uh, cancer survivor and burn survivors. Yeah, I've seen the pictures on your website, which are incredible. Thank you. Um, of the the reconstruction surgery and stretch marks is yes. amazing. I mean, how do you do that? Do you know, it's like I look at myself as a kind of like a, if I didn't do that, I always say I would restore like expensive arts because it's really about looking at what has been damaged and instead of changing it, to give it back its initial uh, aspect. So we're not taking an approach where, you know, like a burn survivor already has a lot of problem, right? Giving them big 
eyebrows and you know loud lips is actually going to create more of a problem for them. So you look at the damage and you say, okay, how can I give a softer look to that person and give them back a little bit of uh, the normalcy that they have lost with with their trauma? And of course, uh, you know. It's a very different approach than you know going for full-on makeup. You know I, uh, that would be too harsh. They already have a lot of problems. So, so talk to me about how you the stretch mark one because the, the yes. pictures there are quite incredible. How are you actually so, smoothing that skin or making it, it appear? Smooth? Okay, so you know the stretch marks is a problem of contrast where the skin, um, the collagen band under <coughs> the skin, has been um, broken. So it is somewhat a scar, scar of the stretched skins, and it loses the pigment, which creates that white defined line that doesn't match with the rest of the um, healthy tissue around it. So my job is to look at the skin tone of a, of a person and see the naked color. I like to call it because people see, oh, okay, like, you know, different skin tone, but in the skin tone, there are actually so many colors. Sometimes I can depict seven or eight colors that can go from, I like to call it my gray factor, the purple, the yellow, the orange, the olive, and then adding this veil in a transparent way to level it until it reaches the healthy tissue color, but in a translucent way. I know there's a big uh, social media um, phenomenon now, like with this guy in Brazil who started doing, like, and when I see what he's doing, I'm like, what is gonna happen in like three years when that white that he's using, which is the most opaque um, color, it's gonna, like the doctor Heavy was saying, like what is gonna happen in two months, three months, six months, one year? And I think that um, I have a very big understanding. I've been doing this for 29 years. So I have seen, and I've learned myself, you know, sometimes we are new industry. I was new when I started. So through trials and error, you know your limitation and you know what can be done and what cannot be done. And how it does it look today? How will it look today? So it's very interesting how understanding the transparency factor on eyebrow, on lips, as well on any type of reconstruction, uh, like skin restoration work, because the skin is translucent. So if you're trying to do a restoration with a pigment that is too opaque, well, it's not gonna edge well. It's not gonna be a good outcome. So. I manage this balance. So going back to the more cosmetic side, the eyebrows, the eyeliner, the lips, tell us exactly what you do and how you can enhance a woman with so this. So the first thing that I look is when a, when a customer, when a client comes, is like I like to gauge her style. Is she an outdoor person? Is she sophisticated? Does she have a lot of time? What, does she, what is the personality tells me? And then from there, sometimes I have to put the foot on the brake because people say, oh, I want bigger, darker, blacker, and you know, this is not what I do. So sometimes if someone wants to come to me and get the very heavy, glamorous, look, I will not put my name. I always tell them not under my clock because I know how it ages. And 
often when permanent makeup has been, you know, gotten the bad name, it's because people overdid it. Right. And when you do something that is not, you're not born with it, then it's not natural. It's not, it's, so let's keep it simple. The more you exaggerate, you know, whether it's a breast implant, whether it's a smile, whether it's never going to look natural. And that, in its essence, how does it edge when the trend is over? So keep, keeping a face fresh and natural, to me, it's youth. Making somebody, giving somebody big eyebrows that they're not born with, whether, or lips or, or eyeliner, that's not youth, that's makeup. Okay. And, and is there a danger of the pigments fading? To yes. A, I, I kind of remember that blue. Yes. So, you know, uh, this is a problem that is still seen today when um, people don't understand the chemistry of the color of each individual. And there are certain type of skin and skin tone that don't uh, work well with certain pigments. So it's for the technician that you are going to choose should have a lot of experience in understanding the pigment and how to use them or not use them in certain um, skin type. And the other uh, problem is to understand, again, going back to keeping it simple. Like, I know now there's a huge trend. You go on Instagram and everybody's got those glorious eyebrows and they kind of all look the same in shape. And, well, if you are blonde and you have very small, you know, hardly any hair and a small face, yeah, maybe it's going to look good for a month. And then when that pigment is going to fade, how is that going to progress? You know, you're going to be very unhappy. So keep it simple, keep it light, keep it... Um, you, you need to find someone who does somewhat recreate the three-dimensional uh, look of an eyebrow. You know, eyebrows are fluffy, they're not flat, they're three-dimensional. You can look at anyone's eyebrows and when they don't have any makeup on, you can still see the skin through the hair. Hair have different waves, like they're not all going in the same directions and not, they don't all have the same color, they have intensity. So when you're going to do microblading and permanent makeup, you really need to look at those factors and the, and rebuilding your own eyebrow the best you can without exaggerating and by staying as much as possible in the parameter of your own eyebrow. What I've seen many times is like sometimes people come to me after a job that they're not happy and they come to me and ask me if I can help them. You know, it's heart-wrenching when you see that someone was complete eyebrow was completely destroyed because they decided that they wanted their eyebrow in a different shape or a different place in their face. And I think this is this is a crime. You when you anything you do, whether it's co cosmetic or permanent or semi-permanent, you need to always think about the long-term outcome of what you are doing. So if you over-exaggerate your eyebrow, what's going to happen? That pigment is going to fade. Whoever tells you it's not going to fade, it is going to fade and it's not going to look good. It's going to start looking very unnatural because that pigment fading will now start to clash with your own eyebrow. 
and it's just gonna look like a stain. It's just not what a look, a real eyebrow look like. And then that's not useful. That's actually like, you know, what do you have there? Yeah, I was interested that you say that eyebrows have lots of different colors. So yes. do you use lots of different pigments? Usually three. Usually three, yes, so three. it's kind of like coloring your hair, I guess. Yes, it's um, highlighting <coughs> different uh, area of the eyebrow, but the, um, not in same family, different intensity. Sure. And how frequently do you need to do it? I know that we've explained that it, it is a permanent procedure, yes. but there is a fade element, isn't yes. there? Yes, so, so when I want to uh, address about the permanency is that there is always going to be a residue, and this residue, you know, eventually if you don't do it for a very long time, and if it's done very well in, in a three-dimensional way, it will slowly fade until you barely can see it. But now let's take the case where somebody didn't create that three-dimensional and it's flat and then so it looks like a stain and then the pigment fades, 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 fades. And sometimes if it's been done too heavy, it fades in a flat way. So it looks like a like smeared makeup. And that's very hard to reverse and, you know, becomes very high maintenance now because if you went to do your eyebrow to uh, save time and now, well, instead of saving time, you spend your whole day making sure that your cover-up is on so that nobody sees your beaming blue eyebrow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do most people, is saving time the driving force behind you know, such as your, your makeup ready in the morning? You've got Dr. Vali's skin. Yes. You've got Dr. Appa's smile. Yes. And then so, you've done our makeup. Yes. So the, uh, when, when clients come to me, they always say, I'm so happy to be here. I waited so long. And I can't wait to throw my pencil, my eyebrow pencil. Like they just say that they're tired to always have to um, apply it. They're tired of it. They don't do a good job. So yes, that's, I would say, the convenience of knowing that they look great and their eyebrows are on and uh, not have to do anything. And I, I always explain that to achieve that, again, the approach of less is more, really, always. Um, so you, you kind of want to look like you haven't got any makeup exactly, on. Exactly, that is, let me tell you, I could take anybody in here and remove their makeup, and when I'm done, they will look 15 years younger. That how many? But 15, 20? 20 years young. Oh, who says better? Who I, says I wouldn't better. have been born. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's, um, again, I like to call my approach like the no makeup, makeup. So giving the woman just the right amount of pretty in a naked way. <laughs> It's the ticket. Don't try to overdo it. You know, when you look on Instagram, everybody has those big eyebrows. Yes, they look fabulous on the picture, but I want to see them in three months. And I don't think, that, and that's what I'm seeing now. A lot of people don't understand the evolution of the fading factor, and it looks completely fake after three months. So unless you want to keep having to do it, and also the fading factor, you know, when, when an eyebrow fed in a three-dimensional way, it just gets lighter, 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 but it doesn't clash in the face. Now, when it's like a, a one dimension, it fades and it looks like I say smeared. And it's not a good look. Be careful out there. And I know it's uh, now extremely trendy. Everybody does it. 
<coughs> and there's a, a, I found it a little bit, it's extremely dangerous that now all the media talk about the microblading, which is amazing when it's done well. I mean, the results are astonishing, you know, giving a woman who doesn't have time, she's a mom, she wakes up in the morning, she doesn't like the way she looks, and it takes her too much work every morning. Instead of, you know, she feels guilty, she should be taking care of her kids. Instead, she's, you know, fighting with the eyebrow for like 25 minutes, and then five minutes in a day, they're gone. And so I, I found it, it's, it's an amazing, amazing um, treatment to have as long as it's done very carefully. It's a commitment. Do not take this lightly. You must. Do your, do your homework, um, find out a great artist. They are out there. There are people who have been trained properly. Don't go with someone who's just starting to do this because she wanted to cash out on the trend and got on you know, uh, a one-day training on a little piece of, um, yeah. you know, and that's what we're seeing now. Everybody, and you know, somebody who does waxing like, or, or is a makeup artist, it's a great addition to their service, but they are two different. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I think thread. it's important to remember it is a tattoo, yes. and you wouldn't get a tattoo lightly yes. without fear yes. of, of reprisal. And whatever you do, again, like start slowly, you know, it's always easy to add. So when you go to your session with uh, someone who's going to be doing your eyebrow, you know, like, you can always add. It's like the salt in the food, now. Don't overdo it. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, that's great. And thank you, Dominic. Thank you for listening to Currently Trending from Harper's Bazaar Arabia. Please comment on our Instagram or Facebook pages at Harper's Bazaar Arabia. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. <laughs>